it, Red Arms. Give it your all. We'll drink the wine till the cup is dry and kiss the girls on down the cry and toss the dice until we fly and dance with Jack of the Shadows. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Tales of Red Arm. I'm your host, Justin, and today we are jumping into Chapter 12, The Omerlin Seat. So, not a whole lot really needs to go backwards, I guess. It's basically the girls have returned with Matt um, and Varen, and to, to White Tower, obviously. And now we're going to Swan Sanchez's uh, point of view. And she's hanging out in her study. And it's a lot of descriptions. It's a very sparse room. She's not flashy. She's not the kind of ruler that has drapes of silk and gold all over the place and everything. But it's pretty much like the basic general stuff that has been here through pretty much every omelette seat, plus a couple things. Um, a couple rare things here and there, but it's not like... It's not over... Overkill on her side. Like, there's stuff in there, like the paintings and, you know, polished redstone from the Mountains of Mist and stuff like that that's been in the room from countless Omerlin seats. And then she's just like a small table, some light furnishings, nothing there really. But she's hanging around and she's like, uh, what's going on with everything at this moment? And her particular position shows based upon the stole she's wearing, which is striped of the colors of the seven Ajahs. She is of all Ajahs and of none. It doesn't matter where she had originated from of the Ajahs. Um, but she had been poor, born poor in Tyr and worked with her father's fishing boat, and it's pretty much the ones that you can go see in the Fingers of the Dragon, one of the uh, Deltas. Really the only Delta, I think. <laughs> and um, never thought about really coming to Tarvalon until she was pretty much on her way. And it's been about 10 years since she's been raised to Omerlin seat. And she's, she's still kind of uncomfortable with it. But then she says, you know, in her brain or mind... Ten years with the stole, she thought. Nearly twenty since I decided to sail these dangerous waters. And if I slip away, or if I slip now, I'll wish I were back hauling nets. Now, this is in reference to the prequel, which you can technically read whenever you would like. I mean, it's like book eleven, so I mean, if you keep it in book eleven rotation, it's not that big of a deal. Um, but it'll kind of explain some of the actions, and we'll get to it at some point, probably book eleven. And, uh, yeah, so that's something you want to tuck away for that particular reading, unless you've already read it. Um, but she spins around, and then there's another Aes Sedai had slipped in the room. A copper-skinned woman with dark hair cut short. And she's like, yeah, Liana, what do you need? And the Keeper of the Chronicles um, has her elegant bow, even though they're in private, just like as if she was in public. And she's described as a tall Aes Sedai, as tall as most men, and was second only to the Omerlin in the White Tower, being the Keeper of the Chronicles. 
Um, and even though they've known each other since they were novices, but Leanne's insistence on holding the dignity of the Omerlancy is a little too strict. Um, but the Keeper says, you know, hey, Varen's here, Mother. She wants to speak with you, and I told her you're busy, but she's like, so I was like, up, oh, up, oh, not too busy to speak to her. And you send her in. Um, you don't have to stay around. I'll speak to her alone. And Leanne's eyebrow kind of twitches, just a little bit son of surprise. And the Omerlin doesn't really see anyone, even queens or without the keeper present and stuff. But the Omerlin's the Omerlin, and she bows her way out, you know, being, you know, a, a formal person. And in a few moments, Varen pops in the room, and she kneels, kisses Swan's great serpent ring. And. <laughs> She has this large leather sack under her arm. And Baron's like, oh, thank you for seeing me. I have some news from Falma. It's urgent. But I don't really know where to begin. And Swan's like, well, wherever you want to is fine. The room's rewarded. So if anyone thinks to use some eavesdropping tricks from childhood, don't have to worry about it. So Varen's eyebrows lift and she's like, yeah, much has changed since you left. Go out and speak. And we'll learn more about that, actually, in the next episode. <laughs> um, so took that one away for next episode. He's like, well, uh, Randall Thoris proclaimed himself the dragon. And then Swan's like, whoo, I hoped it was him. Um, I had reports, but they could only tell what they had heard of rumors and stuff. But there's more coming with traders and merchant wagons. But... I could probably name the specific day it happened, and had you heard, Varen, that two false dragons don't trouble the world anymore? And she's like, well, I hadn't, but that is good news. He's like, ah, indeed. Mazrum Taim in Saldea is in the hands of our sisters, and the poor Sod and Hadden Merc down in Tyr, uh, the light have mercy on his soul, was taken by the tyrants and executed on the spot. No one really even knows who he was or what his name was. They were taken on the same day and, as per rumor, under the same exact circumstances. Now, these are the circumstances. They were in battle and winning when suddenly a great light flashed in the sky and a vision appeared, just for an instance. If you remember, recall uh, Book 2, <laughs> you know what we're talking about. So, there's a lot of different versions, but all the results are the same. The false dragon horse reared up, throw him, and he's knocked unconscious. Followers cried out that he was dead and fled the field, and he's taken. Um, and some reports speak of the visions of the sky at Falma, and she's like, I'll wager a gold mark to a weak old delta perch that that was an instant Randall Thor proclaimed himself. And Varen's like, partially talking to herself, going, oh, you know, yeah, the, the true dragon has been reborn, and the pattern has no room for false dragons anymore. And we just loosed the dragon reborn on the world. The light have mercy on us. And Swan's like, well, we have done what must be done. Even though in her head, she's like, well, if even a novice, the newest one recently signed in, learns of this, I'll be still before the next sunrise, if I'm not torn to pieces first. And... That'd be Varen, Moraine, and myself, and likely anyone who's thought to, to be a friend of ours. But it's a very strong conspiracy that only three women knew about it, and a close friend could betray them at whatever is considered good duty. He's like, well, I wish I could be sure that they were 
that they wouldn't do it like as close friends. And he's like, well, at least he's safely in Moraine's hands. She'll got him and whatever. You know, what else do you have? And Varen's like, here's the leather sack. And takes out a curled gold horn with silver script inlaid around its flaring bell mouth. And she laid the horn on the table and looked at the Amarillo with quite expectation. But Swan doesn't have to, like, be really close to read it. And it says, Tia Miavin Moradin Isande Vadin. The grave is no bar to my call. And she gasped, like, the Horn of Valir. You brought it all the way here across hundreds of leagues with the hunters looking everywhere for it? Like, it was supposed to be left with Randall Thor. And he's like, well, I know, but the hunters all but expect to find the horn in some great adventure. Not in a sack with four women escorting a sick youth. And it would do Rand no good. It's like, well, what are you talking about? He's supposed to fight the last battle at Tarman Gaiden. The, the horn is supposed to summon these dead heroes from the grave to fight the last battle. Did Moraine, you know, just con conjure some new plan without consulting me again? And he's like, oh, well, actually, it's not Moraine's doing. We plan, but the wheel does its own thing. And the pattern just willed something else. Rand was not the first to sound the horn. Matram Cawthon did that. And Matt now lies below, dying of his ties to Shadar Logoth. Unless he can really be healed. And Swan shivers, you know, thinking about Shadar Logoth, which is a dead city so tainted that even Trollocs feared to enter, and with reason. By chance, a dagger from that place had come into young Matt's hands, twisting and tainting him with all the evil that had killed the city long ago. And it's killing him. She's like, oh, by chance or by the pattern? He's Taviran, after all, but, you know, he sounded the horn. And Varen's like, well, as long as Matt lives, the Horn of Valir is no more than a horn to anyone else. And if he dies, of course, another can sound it and forge a new link between him and the horn. And her eyes stay steady, doesn't seem to be, like, worried about what she's suggesting. But... Swan's like, well, many will die before we're done, daughter, and the pattern has yet to make his fate clear. But then she's like, well, who else could I use to sound it again? I'm not going to risk trying to return it to Moraine now. One of the Gaideen, maybe. Maybe. He's like, all right, uh, and the horn? He's like, well, we'll find a place to hide it where no one but us two can know, and I will consider what to do with it after that. I was like, okay. Well, after a few hours, you know, I mean, it'll be make a decision for you. <laughs> he's like, well, is that all you have? I have three runaways to deal with. And he's like, oh, well, there's the Shan Shan. And he's like, well, what? Like, they fled across the ocean wherever they came from. It's like, well, maybe. But we probably will have to deal with them again. And they seem to... uh speak of themselves as the forerunners or those who come before and talk to the return of reclaiming this land as theirs. As she whips out her notebook. I got notes on everything here that I heard about them, but only from those who actually saw them or had dealings with them. And Swan's just like, really? You're just trying to like worry about a lionfish out in the sea of storms while here we got the silver pike, you know, chewing our nets to shreds. The Varen's like, oh, an apt metaphor, you know, the lionfish. Once I saw a large shark that a lionfish had chased in the shallows where it died. <laughs> and she's just not thinking really, like, not really any depth of it. But, like, this should be hitting close to home for the Omerlin since Swan was, like, oh, we're, we're worried about this here, but you're worried about this 
big bad fish that's going to like be terrifying like but it's it's so far away and it's like well except for this part you know the Shan Chan use the one power in battle and they use it as a weapon and Swan's like oh wow the reports had spoken of that but mostly secondhand knowledge but only a couple of people have seen it themselves but not really that much it's probably more rumor but there's kind of a hysterical thing to it and he's like well and you know it's already causing us problems but it'll cause more as the story spread and i can't do anything about that you know they're, they're supposed to be gone do you have evidence to anything else he's like well no he's like well when you find out they come back you know until then we're gonna deal with the silver pike of our nets before they chew in the holes in the boat but then varen closes it and she's like well okay if i have to or if i may ask what, what are you planning to do with the girls and she's like, well, before I'm done with them, they will wish they could go down to the river and sell them for ship, sell themselves for ship fish bait, ship bait, huh. fish bait. And I find this a little interesting because I understand the idea. Like before, I, I didn't really think about it too hard, but now, like, I thought about it more and more. I get why they're acting this way, while simultaneously, I'm just like, hmm, seems kind of shifty but whatever um but yeah so it's like you know there's a little bit of ways you could deal with the girls for quote-unquote running away but uh yeah varen's words to them and maybe they'll listen which you know they're not the most smartest bunch in the world it's like well now that we're done with that tell me everything you have to you know Telling me everything about what the three girls have done. Like, literally everything. They said, they didn't, they looked cross-eyed, whatever. And that's the end of the chapter. Like, it's a very, very short, like, four-page, five-page long chapter. It's it's not very long at all. So, um, I'm sorry to disappoint with such a short thing, because I know you all love me droning off for six hours straight. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, that's all for this particular chapter. The next chapter is a bit longer, um, but it's chapter 13. So we're moving along. We're almost, I don't think we're, we're close to about a quarter of the way, um, to this book. But yeah, what'd you guys think? Did you find anything particularly interesting about the dialogue, the topics, anything about the false dragons, anything like that? Like, Love to hear your thoughts. If you'd like to reach out, you can reach out to me directly at talesofaredarm at gmail.com. You can reach out on Facebook, Tales of Red Arm, and on Twitter at Tales or at Tales of Red Arm. And uh, I'd love to hear from you guys, but I'll go ahead and wrap this one up since it's not, it's not that long to begin with, and I might as well let you get on to the next chapter. So. Hopefully you guys will stick around for chapter 13 and we'll see you hopefully there. Until then. We drink all night and dance all day and on the girls will spend our pay and when we're done then we'll away to dance with Jack of the Shadows. We'll toss the dice however they fall and struggle the girls be they short or tall and follow young Matt wherever he goes to dance with Jack of the Shadows.
were tossed the dice, however they fall. In some of the guns be they shot or tall, then follow Lord Matt wherever he calls to dance with Jack of the Shadows. We'll give a yell with a bloody curse and hog the mags, it could be worse. Let's ride away with the dark woods first to dance with Jack of the Shadows. Yeah. <laughs>